Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Make It Plain. Mark Thompson. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Make It Plain. On April 14th, for the first time in history, the House Judiciary Committee voted out of committee meaning voted in favor of a reparations bill, H.R. 40, which would establish the commission to study reparations proposal. This was historic and on an historic day, for it was on April 14th, Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. Three days earlier, April 11th, John Wilkes Booth heard Abraham Lincoln give a speech about emancipation and establishing establishing a Freedmen's Bank and reparations for African-Americans. And that's what motivated him to plan, to plot, to kidnap President Lincoln and ultimately to kill him. That very evening on April 14th, just before the long hours long debate around the issue, we convened a number of distinguished individuals, and many of you who are listeners to Make It Plain Over the Year will recognize some of these individuals and their names. Greg Carr, Cam Howard, Joanne Watson, Nikichi Taifa, Ron Daniels, Ray Winbush, Robin Rue Simmons, who got reparations passed in Evanston, All of these individuals were there to talk about the issue leading up to this historic vote in the Judiciary Committee. We captured some of that to memorialize on this podcast, Make It Plain. I hope you will enjoy and be empowered. Welcome, everyone. Um, This is a historic day um, in the multi-century struggle for the repair of our people. 
Today, the House Judiciary Committee will vote to send HR 40 to the House floor. And what we wanna do is discuss the national strategy today that um, we're gonna continue to use to, to do our next steps in the effort to make HR 40 law. Now tonight, um, I'm joined by my co-host, um, Reverend Mark Thompson, host of Make It Plain, member of NCOBRA, the National African American Reparations Committee and the Black Church PAC. And I am Jam Iwuyer, founder of the National Black Cultural Information Trust. Uh, we were supposed to be joined by Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee, but HR 40 hasn't made it to the markup se um, session yet. So we're still waiting for that to happen. We were also supposed to be joined by Keenan Keller, Senior Democratic Counsel for the US House of Representatives Judiciary Committee. Again, we're waiting for HR 40 to come up. It still hasn't happened yet, but we're still gonna continue our discussion. Joining us today as panelists are Cam Howard, National Co-Chair of Encobra, Kenneth Henry, Chairperson and COBRA Legislative Committee, Reverend Dr. Joanne Watson, Senior Pastor of Westside Unity Church, Dr. Raymond Wimbush, Director of the Institute for Urban Research, Attorney Nikichi Taifa, Founder, Principal CEO of the Taifa Group, LLC, Dr. Ron Daniels, Convener of NARC, President of the Institute of the Black World 21st Century, Dr. Greg Kamathi Carr will also be joining us later, the Chair of African American Studies at Howard University. And we also have with us Dreesen Heath, Assistant Researcher, Racial Justice and Human Rights Watch. So now we'll hear more from Reverend Mark Thompson that'll be leading the discussion. All right, thank you, Jam. And thank you for facilitating this as always and helping to bring us together. Um, those of you in, in, in the webinar uh, space, be sure to share on Facebook uh, from N NBCI, retweet and Cobra. Um, it's on my Instagram, minister with two T's. So while we're getting going, share with everyone so they can see it. The plan for tonight uh, is for us to go ahead and begin our conversation. We're gonna do this like live television coverage. So we're gonna have a conversation amongst our panelists and then be prepared to go live to the markup. The, the House Judiciary has been meeting all day. They have another bill and some amendments to consider uh, before they take up H.R. 40. So this could go a while longer. It could go into the night. We're going to begin our conversation, go live to the markup. You'll see it here live on this platform that you're on, uh, number one. And then depending on how late it is, we're going to come back here and talk. Now, I'm prepared to go late. Uh, I presume others are as well. Um, Sometimes, uh, you know, certain people all have plans and they can't stay, but hopefully people will be able to stay <laughs> tonight. And you'll be able to tell those who have those plans when they leave. You'll know that those are the ones that have those plans. So um, uh, Jam has introduced everyone. Um, and um, so why not get started? Now, if you have a question, um, and yes, they have just returned from recess. So, but they're taking up this other legislation. We're monitoring that. Uh, so it's a good thing. We'll all be watching this together as a family. So why don't we get things started? And as I said to the panelists, you don't want, we don't want to, you know, I don't want to ask a question and then everybody gets a two minute response. We just want to kind of have an open dialogue. And so we want to begin with the person who called us together tonight, 
uh, and that is the um, uh, the African male co-chair of the National Coalition of Blacks for Reparations in America. Um, and uh, that would be our dear brother, uh, Cam Howard. Cam, let's begin with you. First of all, um, why don't you elaborate on what I've shared in terms of what has already happened today and why we still aren't there yet? Because I don't know, a lot of people aren't familiar with procedure on the Hill. Folk, you know, a lot of folks assume this will be over and we'd be ready to talk about it. But why don't you explain about it, what you've been monitoring today, what you are aware of and, and what it is that's, that's taking some time to get to HR 40. Sure, I think in case you probably would be a better person to do that, but I'll try. Um, so the Judiciary Committee had an agenda and on that agenda there were, I think four, maybe five uh, pieces of legislation that they were to mark up, which means they, they were going to introduce the legislation, debate it, well, it had already been introduced, but bring it to the, to the committee for debate it, determine whether or not there should be some amendments and vote on those amendments and then vote on that legislation to send it to the House floor. Uh, and so there were, there were two legislations before the HR 40 legislation. And those two legislations has dominated the entire day. Uh, the first legislation had to do with uh, Trump's uh, ban, uh, immigration ban law. Uh, that they were uh, wanted to appeal, and the second one had to do with the right of uh, counsel uh, when coming into the country. Uh, those who were stopped in accordance to that ban. I think that's, uh, and I think Teresa of Human Rights Watch can even talk more about that if necessary. But that's really the process. We were uh, third in the hopper, if you if you will, and we just haven't gotten to that bill yet. And so uh, they're back from recess. They have to finish the bill, second bill that they were. Uh, uh, debating and then go right into HR 40. That's what we've been told by the Judiciary Committee Council, Keenan Keller, who was scheduled to be with us and probably will come on immediately after uh, HR 40 markup. But we, were, we thought we'd be here to celebrate what uh, I'm hoping to be the inauguration of an era of repair. We suffered three eras of harm in this country, the era of transatlantic slave trade, the era of post-Jim Crow apartheid, and now this current era of neo-apartheid or new Jim Crow apartheid, if you will. And uh, in 2008, you know, there was talk about electing black president, we moved into a post-racial America, but you cannot have that post-racial America without an era of repair that has to receive that. And so this vote was to begin to inaugurate uh, this era of repair, get us to the point where this, this, this issue of redress could go to the house floor and then we can proceed there with the Senate plan and strategy and into the president's uh, desk for a vote. But uh, uh, it has not happened yet. We expect it to happen. And uh, I'm still in that mode of, of, of anticipation of a very successful night. Nikita, to jump in, because he said you um, might, you know some information about what's, what, what's happening procedurally today. Yeah, well, let me just say, first of all, personally, I've waited 50 years for this day, 50 years for myself personally, and 32 years since the bill HR 40 was first uh, introduced in uh, Congress. As uh, Queen Mother Reverend Dr. Joanne Watson uh, knows, we remember that time very vividly. Uh, we were witnessing the recent passage of the 1988 Civil Liberties Act, which granted reparations to Japanese Americans. And, you know, we're looking around and saying, if we, if, if we followed the same strategy 
that the Japanese Americans uh, uh, followed, that it would be sheer racism for the country to deny us. Again, that was 32 uh, years ago. Um, family member of Bencoba National Council Conference of Black, for Blacks for Reparations in America worked very closely with John Conyers. And at that time, it was in fact a study bill, which was how the Japanese American bill uh, started out. But now 32 years later, the studies have been in, the books have been written, the law review articles, the briefs, the, you know, you, know, you, you name it, the issue has become mainstream. Uh, we're in now we're not just talking about a study bill, but we're talking about an actual remedy bill. So today, as Brother Cam, I said, was uh, the markup to be, which will still happen, I presume, the first time the bill will be marked up in House Judiciary uh, Committee. And then the next step is a vote on the floor of the House of Representatives. Again, I'm president for reparations. Again, a historic move. Uh, for uh, reparations. There is unquestionably a racial reckoning going on in this country right now. We see it every day on the um, news. The polls affirm that the winds are a change, a shifting in the minds of people with respect to reparations. I just want to conclude by saying that the casket has been thrust wide open every day. Almost we're seeing, hearing the uncovering of new uh, uh, abuses, whether it's Bruce's Beach in, 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 in California, whether it's Elaine, Arkansas, whether it's what's going on in Athens, Georgia, whether we're talking about Africatown, uh, uh, um, um, Alabama, we're talking about Tulsa, Oklahoma, we're talking about uh, uh, um, uh, Rosewood. We talk, I mean, it, it's, it's just proliferating. Universities, corporations, industries, stepping up to the plate and talking about the right to and the need for reparatory justice. So again, this is historic. I have my other computer here just waiting for this historic moment to actually actually come to fruition. Nikita, you said you've been in this fight for 50 years. Nobody can believe that. How old are you? Yeah, no, no, no. But I was a teenager. I was a, I was a teenager when I started talking about reparations, having been influenced by the Black Power uh, movement, and I've kept up this steady drumbeat all of this time. I'm not a newcomer, not a Johnny come lately, tried and, and, and true. But thank right. you, I appreciate that. Female Benjamin Button, that's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> going, going more MIP after this message. So, uh, uh, Dreesen, I'm going to come to you next because Cam also alluded to you. You've been human rights watch folks, and, and Dreesen, he's is, is an example of really a, another generation coming into this, uh, the broadening of the coalition. And she has been so invaluable. She's become the, the new young star of this movement. We've nicknamed her Reparations Beyonce, uh, Reparations Ronce. Uh, um, we're gonna hear from uh, Reparations Rihanna a little later. But first, let's hear from Reparations Beyonce. Dreesen, what, what's your take on what is going on, what's been happening all day and what's happening right now? What can what can we start looking forward to tonight? Absolutely. I mean, as Cam and Nikichi have alluded to, it's been a long time coming. And I think we're all in that um, antsy uh, phase where we <laughs> we all got multiple screens up, um, been waiting for this day. Uh, we were so close last Congress to being at this moment. And now we're here. 
um, and for Human Rights Watch to be a part of this fight um, in a way, you know, just recently coming in in the last couple years of a movement that has been, um, you know, igniting um, conversation and action for decades. Uh, it's an honor to be in this space personally, um, before our organization to represent an international um, human rights space, which honors the right to remedy and reparations so clearly. Um, it was a no brainer to lend our support to this movement, um, especially at this, um, you know, we're talking about, when we talk about the urgency of HR 40, it's because the circumstances are dire. Um, these are life lived experiences that <laughs> all of us are living every day. Um, we're, some of us are personally impacted, um, but there's millions of other people that are living through the impacts of slavery daily. Um, and HR 40s, you know, to use Nikichi's word, HR 40 is a time, you know, has come, the time has come to advance this forward. Um, I think it's just exceptionally important to know, you know, this group of people, these names, their legacies, and where we are at right now, and what we can do with this moment. Um, I love that Nikichi spoke about um, this being a remedy bill. Um, we need to be messaging on that. Do not also um, you know, negate the fact that the federal government hasn't documented the range of wrongs that is committed against Black people. And that's a part of the reparation process and how we actually get to the range of remedies that we even need to um, you know, heal the harm. So um, don't diss more, more research and, and studies because it's not just more research, it's to be able to, to treat the harm effectively um, so that we can you know, put an end um, to these harms and uh, guarantee that generations to come aren't fighting the same fight. We appreciate that. So many people, I'm not going in, in order of importance. We heard from three people uh, because they have kind of been involved in what's been happening hour by hour today. Uh, but I do want to go next to someone speaking of people with uh, longevity and um, just to, to, to bring us back to the old landmark. John Conyers introduced this legislation in 1989. And we have someone here, folks, whom we also all know uh, and love. She was with John Conyers from the very beginning. She has been the voice of Motown and Detroit for many, many years on the radio, wake up. She was saying, wake up and woke before a whole lot of folk just started saying, folks just learn that term, woke, 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 woke. She was saying it, you know, for decades before it became popular um, and, and whatnot. And I, I think, you know, she's someone we'd like to hear from because I'm sure uh, she must be feeling grand uh, right now having, this has been a long struggle um you know reparations ray so many people uh and and just to i want her to talk to us about how you know reparations ray and john conyers are probably looking down uh on this right now as ancestors and being very proud that we finally uh have made it to this next step the reverend dr joanne watson is is here with us as well reverend joanne we love you I love you back. Thank you, Reverend Mark Thompson. Uh, if reparations Ray Jenkins were here, and I claim his spirit is here, his first line always was, 
Reparations is not a handout, it's a debt owed. It's a debt owed. And when we consider that in 1988, the United States signed into law the Civil Liberties Act, as Queen Sister Nikichi said, and paid $20,000 and provided a letter of apology to Japanese Americans. In 1990, Austria paid 25 million to Jewish Holocaust survivors for their role in supporting Nazis in World War II. 1988, Canada gave 250,000 square miles of land to indigenous people. In 1986, the USA paid 32 million to honor the 1836 treaty with the Ottawa's of Michigan. In 1985, USA paid 100 million to the Sioux of South Dakota. The United States paid 81 million to the Klamath of Oregon. In 1971, the United States gave 1 billion plus 44 million acres of land to honor the Alaska Native Land Settlement of 1952. In Germany, eight, 822 million was paid to Jewish Holocaust survivors of the German Jewish settlement. The United States gave 270 million acres of land, predominantly to white males via the Homestead Act of 1862. And the United States paid $878 million to the former enslavers who lost the Civil War to compensate them for their losses. All these plus other populations have been afforded reparations, but not Africans who were kidnapped, tortured, raped, drawn and courted, shackled, branded, treated as chattel, less than human, and never got the promised land revenue that we were supposed to be given after the Emancipation Proclamation. Now, the United Nations World Conference Against Racism in Durban, South Africa concluded that the transatlantic slave trade was a crime against humanity and should always have been so. There is no statute of limitation for crimes against humanity. No statute of limitations. And when there is a crime, there's a price to be paid. The Holy Bible says in the Old Testament, Numbers 5, chapters, verses 5 through 7, and the Lord spoke, when man or woman commits a sin that men do commit, then they shall confess their sin and shall recompense their trespass with the principle and a fifth thereof a fifth thereof and give it unto him whom he has trespassed. They know that they have wronged and they know they must pay. Thank you, Mama Joanne. We love you. Thank you so much for that. Uh, we know reparations. Ray would not only say that, he'd be clean right now. He'd be hey. dressed to the nines. You hey. hear me? Amen. Amen. Uh, we want to hear next from... Um, uh, our dear brother who has uh, convened what is called the National African-American Reparations Commission. We didn't wait uh, for the bill to pass to, to form a commission so we could begin to have some conversations and, and some type of framework blueprint on what might be uh, considered. And uh, thank God uh, that happened. Uh, otherwise, you know, there are others who have been trying to drive this conversation in a direction that is not beneficial to us all. And some of y'all know who I'm talking about. Uh, but the commission has been meeting and talking uh, alongside in COBRA. He is the convener. Dr. Ron Daniels is, is here with us. Dr. Daniels, what's your take uh, on today? Well, it's, uh, it's one of those moments, man. It's, you're glad to be alive, frankly. I mean, it's, it's almost impossible to, to contemplate how important what is happening is today. And let me just say backing up and just having heard a little bit of what was going on today, because it, it in some ways it talks about the nature of what's happening. 
because I got a, a message, I think, from Dr. Joyce King. We were going back and forth. She said, this is some ugly stuff happen, happening. Because on these immigration bills, you were seeing the face, the raw, naked face of white nationalism and white power. You know, the, 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 the notion that this is a white man's land, you know, that, you know, that defiles the notion of the dispossession of Native people and anyone else coming into this country. So you know what we've been up against in terms of of, of, of you know, the opposition out there. So I just wanted to comment on that because you, you, heard, you, you, you hear this. And as Sister, and as, uh, Sister Nkichi said, this is a moment of inflection. But it's a moment of inflection that we have helped to build across generations. And we should never, ever forget that. Uh, I remember when we first put out the 10-point program, one of the things that Conrad uh, World, God bless his soul, he's, he's also, you know, uh, he's, a, he, he's, he's fussing and cussing tonight in a positive way talking about what we're doing. It was Conrad who said, look, we put together this 10 point program. We got to make sure we do a roll call of the people who've been involved in this. And, and Ray, you will remember the two of you got together and put together this document that traced from Cali House and ran it all the way down. We have to always remember that because this is, as someone said, a cross generational black freedom struggle of resiliency, of the ebbs and flow. And yes, John Connors and Reparations Ray, you know, are looking down on this because one of the things that seems to me so incredibly important is that some people come dedicated to being of the race and for the race. And that's John Connors. Come on one, now. One of the most progressive legislators in the history of this country. Is that a saying? Jazz man, you took him, he kind of cool and moved. But this man, when you look at what he did, the Martin Luther King bill, hey. healthcare, I mean, I mean, his legacy. And hanging in there, he was persuadable and therefore hung in there year after year after year. He introduced this bill, kept it alive. That's right. Kept it alive. Uh, and so that's incredibly important. I got to say Queen Mother Moore. I mean, got to invoke her name. That's right. She, you know, when, no, when a lot of us, including me, didn't even know, and that's a part of the healing. Somebody in the chat says, how do we heal? Part of the healing was... I mean, I didn't know what reparations is. How, how is it that you'd be an African and American not even know what reparations was? I did not know. I had a constipated mind. Queen Mother Moore said she was a brain surgeon and she operated on my mind and liberated it. And I think, you know, and I'm glad. I hope she feels proud of the work uh, that we're doing. So, and, and I guess the other thing I would say finally, and uh, Reverend, Reverend, uh, Reverend Joanne has landed out so biblically, but I, I, I'm thinking about the rejected stones. Come on now. Here, here we are. We are the rejected stones. And here we are on the, I mean, it, it, it matters not whether we choose to do so or not. We are on the prefaces of not only restoring ourselves. You see what happened in Georgia. How, 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 how poetically ironic it was that it was the hands that picked cotton, as Reverend Jesse Jackson would say, who saved the center of the United States and in fact rescued the democracy, made it possible that there can even be uh, the ability for uh, you know, certain legislation uh, to move forward. So here we stand as the rejected stones being the cornerstone potentially of a new America and one in which will be based on the principles of my art and so forth. And that we should not forget either. This is not some mundane exercise about a check. It's about, this is about about all of the harms and repair, yes, but we are the kind of people who always bring the best out of ourselves in terms of being the moral conscious, the vanguard. Going back to the Gary Declaration, what did it say? We are the vanguard. 
And I take that seriously in terms of rescuing ourselves and rescuing, indeed, being a, a as Karanga might say, stepping out on the stage of history as a free, proud, and productive people. More MIP after this message. Thank you, uh, uh, Mama Joanne. Yeah. You hear, you hear Dr. Daniels, and we got two other preachers on here. You see him try to get his preach on, kind of slide that in? I heard him. But on I us. I, my numbers. You see him merge into our lane. Did you I see heard that? that? I heard that. I heard he tried trying to add clergymen to his to his. Uh huh. I saw that. You know, we are the stones. We are the stones. You see that? I saw what he did right there. Y'all watch Dr. Yeah. Daniels. And, and uh, quote, <laughs> quote, quote scripture. Quote scripture. <laughs> Amen, amen. The scripture I quoted came from Rev, the, the Reverend Milton Henry, the brother of Mario Badelli, Badelli, who was the found co-founder of the Republican New Africa. So he used he used to talk about Numbers five five, and when he talked about it, and and the Old Testament, Reverend Milton Henry tears would come down his cheeks. Amen, amen. The man who escorted Malcolm X uh, from the airport on his last trip to. Uh, provide a message to the people. Yes, and in fact, if it weren't for Milton Henry, we would not have the message to the grassroots, the, 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 the albums from Malcolm X. We would not have all of those long playing records. It's because of the Henry brothers, That's Mario right. Vidali and Milton Henry, right. that we have the forerunners of the reparate, modern day reparations. And they borrowed the equipment from Barry Gordy. from. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. See, people don't know this history, you know. People like the sanitized part, but reparations comes from the roots hey. of the Black Power movement. I ain't scared to say it. Say it. <laughs> Amen. Uh, Ray Winbush is here, hey. uh, my brother, who's who's written a book on reparations. Some folks think just one, just one book been written on reparations. That's not true. This is an original book that was written on reparations, and we need to read it again. I'm, in fact, I've encouraged him to produce, uh, publish another edition of it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Ray knows whenever I see Ray, I think about my mother because Ray used to work with my mother uh, at Fisk University at the Race Relations Institute. Uh, God rest her soul. And I know she'd be happy. I know she's looking down happy as well that we have this hearing on today and we're moving forward. Uh, Dr. Ray Wimbush, uh, uh, a dedicated scholar at our HBCUs as well. That's important. We need to lift up HBCU That's right. faculty and scholarship and scholars just because someone goes to a white university or Ivy League or, or, or teaches there does not make them the authority right. on what we're trying to do. So we welcome Dr. Ray Winbush. Dr. Ray, give us give us a word or, or to yourself. How are you feeling about today? What are you what are you thinking about today and, and where how this positions us and also let everybody know about, I, I, if you can, about the, the, the specific project you're working on right now. Well, you know, thanks, Mark. Thanks, everybody. I mean, I feel good. I mean, like James Brown said, you know, this is an important day to, for our ancestors. And let us lift up, you know, Dorothy Benton Lewis as well and the work that she did for so many years about reparation. Um, one thing I think that I've always felt the African people are prophetic. And some of us have been in this struggle for years, decades. I remember when we held a meeting at uh, Fisk, uh, Mark, and we said, we're gonna hold a reparations meeting. And we invited just everybody down there that we could. Uh, uh, you know, Adjuaya Toro, uh, who else? John Conyers was there, uh, Reverend Watson, um, Randall Robinson and others. And, 
we were kind of the lone voice other than Mario Bedelli in Mississippi down in Tennessee, deep in the hills of Tennessee, talking about reparations. Um, the one thing I think the prophetic nature of Black folk is that we always have to anticipate, unfortunately, the pushback that racism, white supremacy is going to give us on this movement. They are not going to take this, the system is not going to take this uh, sitting down. Um, you know, they've thrown everything in front of H.R. 40. I saw it today. You know, I you know I know they were talking about immigration, but I think in the back of some of these white folks' head was this whole idea is let's postpone this vote as long as we can on H.R. 40. And not to say that the immigration stuff wasn't important. So I think that one of the things that we've got to do as Africans is to be one step ahead of the system of white supremacy and anticipating how are they going to push back when the markup occurs? What are they going to do? Um, one thing that we've been engaged in with uh, Enterprise Community Partners Mid-Atlantic Office is that uh, brother city council member Kenyon McDuffie of DC introduced a reparations bill. And they asked us to do some research. You know, some people called me like the nerd of the reparations struggle. And I had a little problems with that, but the idea of like digging deep into research about our people. So we're digging deep into Washington, DC. And there's an amazing amount of information that the team that we've uh, put together already have discovered. For example, there's a house right now in DC called the Yellow House. And it was one of the biggest places where our ancestors were sold at in fact, Solomon Northrop from the uh, 12 Years a Slave, he was sold and housed, I should say jailed in that house. So one of the things I think that we all have to do is dig very deeply in anticipation of how some of these pu pushbacks are gonna occur. They're gonna resist. Um, sometimes I think Africans, we declare victory too you know, early and we, we're gonna have a victory today, we will. But we've got to anticipate what is going to happen for them to say, let's see how we can derail this. So I want to leave that word with you. All right. Uh, thank you, Dr. Ray Winbush. We want to hear more. And again, we're just kind of going to go around and, and chat. Um, um, I've introduced everyone. Well, you've all met her before, of course, Dreeson, but her new title, uh, Reparations, Ronce, Reparations, Beyonce. We have Reparations, Rihanna here. These are the stars. Now, this sister here, this queen, has almost single-handedly gotten all these new co-sponsors, you know, and just calls folks and, and gets them to uh, jump on the bill and co-sponsor it. I don't know where we'd be with that. We have over 170 co-sponsors. She's going to tell us all about that. Let us know who we need to call. She shouldn't have to do this all by herself. Who some of us need to call to help those of you in the, in the webinar space, those of you watching, online. She's going to tell you where there are people in your areas, in your congressional districts, um, uh, and your senators who need to jump on board. Um, please welcome uh, Reparations Rihanna Queen uh, Kenneth Henry with the Bad Earrings. Go right ahead. Thank you so much for this opportunity. First, I have to say, I never dreamed that I would be in a position to walk in the midst of such greatness as all of you. Um, 
and, and, and to be able to tell the people in my humble town of humble beginnings that I'm actually involved in something so profound. Born and raised in the state of Virginia where all of this began, um, I have to tell you my, my, my mantra is do or die, nothing's gonna turn me around. This is, it, it, I can't even put it into words. I, I, I just feel my ancestors just, just all, all around me just saying, don't turn around now, you're so close. And, and, and I watched the, uh, here, the, the bill markup today, and I just felt as if they were just gonna push it out as long as they could push it out. And um, I, I just knew, and I still know that before tonight's over, we will witness yet again, another milestone, monumental, historic, um, for me, I've always said, I want to get to the, the, the floor debates because it has to be that we uh, go toe-to-toe -to -toe with those folk who would prefer to be on the Capitol steps and uh, do what they do and then calmly leave, get on the plane and go back home. I want to, I want to be face-to-face -face with them because near 500 years of um, tragedies and pernicious history, it has to, it has to come to a, you must acknowledge, accept, apologize, and you have to atone. Reparations must happen now. How do we get here? You talked about co-sponsors. Uh, <laughs> it has been a journey. And it's been a difficult journey uh, with COVID-19. A lot more fun when you can go down on Capitol Hill and, you know, stroll up in folk offices and uh, get them to, to come on board as co-sponsors. And uh, last year, we successfully closed out the session with 173 co-sponsors. Uh, and in about three months, three and a half months this year, we have 176 co-sponsors. I am a bit sad um, that we were not able to get 100% participation of our Congressional Black Caucus. Um, and and we, maybe we won't get that 100%. However, um, we've come as close as we can come. Uh, the same thing with the uh, Hispanic Caucus. Uh, we weren't able to get 100% there. I think we have about six or seven holdouts. Um, we still have time. We're still working really, really hard. There are about 44 Democratic uh, congresspersons who have not come on board. We spent Monday in an action day. We made phone calls and sent emails. Um, didn't get a lot of success. We flipped one, one holdout. So we're still hopeful that um, by the time we go to the floor for floor debates, we will have um, more than 176 co-sponsors. It would be totally awesome if we could have 200 um, co-sponsors. So about 24 more and we'll have our 200. Um, <clears throat> for me, this is, it, it, 
it's an opportunity to, to not just honor uh, our ancestors, but we have to leave a legacy for our young people. Uh, we just can't walk away from this and uh, leave unfinished business. Our young people deserve better than that. And I, I'm, I'm serious, I'm do or die. And um, that's how I, I have operated since I've been here again. Profound honor. Uh, I've read about some of you and, and I, I almost feel like a groupie because it's just such a great honor to be amongst all of you. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.